This is Craig. I play for DU football. I know both Sams personally. I don't even listen to this fucking show. This is the DU football show. Classy. Classy, Craiger. Really well done. Didn't bother to come to the game last weekend either. Yeah. Or last week, I mean. Well, I mean, does he really play for the team? I would say he spends most of the time on the ground flopping looking for fouls. Fair enough. Neymar Jr. And well, since we're third. And, and since we're talking shit about him and he doesn't listen to the fucking show, he'll have no idea. Yeah, that's great. So with that being said, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Drunker United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League. It's told by two common American schmucks. As I start the show, I've got these two fucking assets looking at me, shaking their head and fucking with me when they know the moneymaker needs to do the fucking intro. I'm Sam Houston. That fucking idiot over there is Samuel Graham. How Hello. you doing, Sammy? Not bad. Yourself? Yeah, and I'm not... No, me, all the mute button. You're not allowed to talk yet. You sit there and give me all the weird looks and stuff, so... Um, uh, it's just three different cadences the last three weeks in a row. Well, you know... So let's start the show. Daddy's, daddy's working on different ways to hit the post. You don't just score with your head. Sometimes you score on a shot. Sometimes you score with your left foot. Sometimes you score with your right. Sometimes you score with a bicycle kick. But all I know is, is each time, I don't know how long you're going to go, so I need to play off that. All right. And I don't appreciate my comment about him hitting the post getting cut a couple of weeks ago where what? during the silence. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> uh-huh. Because now it's going to his fucking head. If you had left it in there, it might have kept his feet on the ground a little bit. Look at the, at, the, <laughs> at the end of this at the end of this month. I mean, literally within a month, month and a half, we're going to have new intro music. We're going to have to learn a whole different way to uh, hit That's the post. Right. Yeah, you're right. We'll be <laughs> fucked up again for another eighteen months. Exactly. We're recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe where you uh, well review where you can subscribe and uh, share with your footballing friends or just share with a friend. In general should you want to chat with us there is many ways that you can sam why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch absolutely you can find us on all the social medias at du football show uh that's twitter instagram and facebook um so not all of them but those three uh you can email us in at du football show at gmail.com if you would like to uh send us an email and also uh we did have some correspondence through our dms which i uh we do check so I just wanted to make sure that we included this DM and in a, a new segment to start the show. Okay. Uh, that's been suggested by one of our listeners. Okay. Okay. This is from Taylor. Ah, uh, the man with gold. Since you guys only have four games to review this week, I assume you'll be looking for topics to help pad the show. I think he wrote this before Chris Wilder and Sermon say, had a, had even their I fight. Know, even I know there's only three games. Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about? We've got nothing but Everton talk for the next fucking hour, baby. <laughs> he also uh, wrote this before Manchester City's game got postponed, postponed. due to Hurricane Sierra or whatever that was. Um, uh, help pad the show. Maybe you could do a segment on what a fantastic guy that Son Heung-min is. Uh, and his suggestion is call the segment, oh, so that happens to be a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I would rather call that segment Saint Son. Saint Son. <laughs> well, because, you know, he's such a nice, lovely guy. He is such a nice guy. He's, he's, he's such an inspiration to the children out there, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, FA Cup goal to his name on a perfectly legitimate penalty. 
Yes, of course. <laughs> Very legitimate penalty. Not soft at all. Didn't go down easily at all. Wasn't already past the keeper and could have just tapped it in, but chose to fall. No, no, not at all. Definitely, definitely a penalty. In fact, I'm surprised the keeper didn't receive a, mi- a red for uh, for last defender. You know, uh, I was very shocked by that. Well, don't worry, Taylor. We're going to give you penises, rooms in a house, a fight, and a pitch invader in this episode. So we got well, lots of shit to talk about. It's just one penis. That sounds like injury time. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> if you stared at that penis doing the motion it was doing, it looked like multiple. You, why, why, yes, it did. <laughs> Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, what are we sipping on tonight? Sure, we are drinking the Lost Distillery Company. Uh, this is the Bonacci Distillery. Sounds more Italian. Comes in at 86 proof. Uh, it's in the Highlands in Aberdeenshire. Which is just outside of Aberdeen, uh, if you couldn't have guessed. Yeah, no, no shit. Um, it's a marriage of age single malts. There is no age statement to this whiskey. Uh, the founder was William Smith, uh, who was a farmer, a distiller, and a preacher. Because like anyone knows, booze brings you closer to God. Yes. This distillery was opened in 1822, and then it closed in 1913. Thus, the name of the company, The Lost Distilleries. Right. Um on the palate here, you'll have a little bit of fruitcake, tangerine, herbs, and vanilla. And I do get a little bit of that brininess like I told you before. So it's it's an excellent little whiskey. Uh, it really is. Uh, and it's going to run you somewhere between, I'd say, about $59.99 to $66.99. Yeah. For the price point, it's a good little whiskey. And you you typically have this. Some people call it independent bottlers or uh, contract uh Contract bottlers. In a lot of instances, what'll happen is, you know, we've talked about Gordon McPhail Gordon before, McPhail, yeah. where they like just flat out have relationships with distilleries. Well, a lot of other independent bottlers, what they'll do is they'll just go around to old warehouses and they'll be like, what you got? Yep. I'll buy it up from you and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it out there because, you know, a, a whiskey distillery is still going to be producing whiskey and aging whiskey. And then, you know, one day they suddenly close their doors. There's a shit ton of whiskey in that building. Well, the other thing these people do too, which is kind of cool, is like if even if they found like an old recipe, they'll take it to a distillery in that region and be like, "Hey, can you make this for us?" Oh, very cool. So you get essentially fresh juice from that. Now they may only do one. And I, I I think they really do only do one batch of each, but this this should still be in the market. Yeah. Now, if you want to compare that to a um to a American distilleries, uh, you saw the um the um, Orphan Barrel project that Diageo mm-hmm. did. That's exactly kind of the same idea, but barrels that aren't really, you know, old, old barrels that aren't around anymore. So uh, let's get to it. Let's have a great show, kids. Everybody drink responsibly. How about that? All right. So we only had four games, one of them got postponed. Um, and not often, not often, <laughs> Sam, do I get to make it all about me. So here we go. Everton 3, Crystal Palace 1. Don't look now, Sammy. Everton's in 7th. Uh, who? Exactly. Further up the table than you are. Very true. <laughs> very, very fucking true. <laughs> Our prospects of Europe are better than yours. Yeah. So overall, you guys played really well in this one. Um, I actually was surprised to find out as I was going through some of the stats for this game that uh, Palace actually outpossessed you. Yeah, that didn't surprise me. 
Uh, but, especially in the second half, yeah, right before they got their goal, then the goal, and then about a good ten minutes after that, there was a lot. They really held they were possession. turning the screw, oh, big time. Um, but yeah, but they only had two official attempts on target um, because post uh, hitting the post doesn't count as a shot on target, right? It just it's uh, a shot, but not a shot on target, right? Which they did twice. Yep, um, uh, early in the first half too. Yep, and. One of them, yes, and yep. then one of them in that spell just after, uh, yep, uh, just after they scored. Um, but start off, have to start off. What a cross from Theo Walcott! Give him a lot of shit. Uh, great feet to get past um, Patrick Van Arnholt, and then just a beauty of a cross. I love the the sideline camera from behind Theo, and you can see the shape of the ball. Goalkeeper takes that half step. Shit, I can't get there. It's tailing away from me. Yep, and Bernard on a full volley, just side, just strokes it, side foots it to the back of the net. Got enough power on it, but you could be forgiven for going after it with your laces and just trying to fucking murder somebody, right? And he didn't. He he just produced a little bit of Brazilian magic. Just a well, that's typically what a shooter will do is try to hit it with the laces, mm-hmm. and almost I'd say. Eight out of ten times, that ball rolls off the foot incorrectly and goes well wide or skies over. Yep. The, the fact that he just literally went, I'm going to pass it into the back of the net. Well, And he's and, still got plenty on it. The, oh, the yeah, pace oh, at which yeah. the ball was traveling at him, so the connection was always going to produce some amount of pace. Yeah. But the ball was past Guaida before he even left his feet. It's like baseball. Let the bat do the work. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. It's, it's like golf. <laughs> it's like every sport we're not very good at. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, he saw a little <laughs> bit of a knock, which... Uh, Theo Walcott did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which uh, brings us to the most important point, is um, when one is getting ready to play in a professional soccer match, um, one should make sure that they are fully dressed. Jabril Sidibe. Did you see that bit? Yes, I did. Where he's wearing only one sock. One I sock. S- he had to run. Yes, yes. The producer Mel just looked at us with big eyes. Yes, he got up to the... Up to the fourth official, they held up the board for getting ready to hold up the board for him to get plugged in to go. No, they held the board up because Theo Walcott had to come off. And he looked down and was missing a sock. Ancelotti could not have rolled his eyes or his eyebrow and Ancelotti's, harder. Ancelotti's a really relaxed guy. He's just, just like, the, mate, the fuck? You gotta get dressed. <laughs> you see the vein, sorry there, you see the vein in Dunk's head about to explode. Oh yeah, what I wrote about, I said Walcott then got injured and Sidibe came on. Well, eventually came on because he forgot his fucking sock. That's right. Just yep. one. <laughs> Just one. Just one sock. Just he one had, sock. He had, he had one sock, but he didn't have the other one. Well, you know what it is. He probably put his, his one sock on, and then Ancelotti walked in the changing room getting ready to go over tactics. Uh, and he got distracted and started listening. Because the other thing that a lot of Premier League footballers do, um, which was pointed out on another show that we listened to, is they'll cut their sock off. Like the bottom part of their sock and almost wear the club sock like a sleeve and then wear like a special athletic sock underneath right um that has grip on the bottom right so they don't slide around their boots right so it might be thicker might you whatever or not as tight you know because they are now basically like compression socks um (coughs) so they only wear the the calf portion up to the knee you know what i mean like high ankle up to the knee they cut the foot out so he you know I wouldn't surprise him if he just slipped the sock on and then Ancelotti walked in and said, like, oh, shit, I better listen. Yeah. <laughs> and then just walked out to the fucking bench. <laughs> Completely left it sitting there. 
So um, we'll go ahead and we'll get to uh, the Pickford gaffe in just a second. But I kind of oh. want to collectively talk about the uh, two goals. I'll let you talk about the gaffe. That's fine, because I'm sure you've got lots of pot shots to make. And Pickford, it's, Pickforded. Yes. So <laughs> and and there you just you had your chance to d- wait to do nope. it. But no, uh-uh. okay. I had to get it in. Very good. Um, Dominic Calvin-Lewin scores a poacher's goal. Richarlison, Richarlison scores a counterattack goal. You got to really like seeing that from your two strikers yes. you're starting they're they're flowing all over the pitch together they're learning kind of yeah. what to do and it be was, in the right spots it's it was calvert lewin's flick that set richarlison away yep and then uh, another piece of brazilian magic there i mean the, to sort his feet out that quickly keep keep his balance after he cut it it was one little touch half a step and then strike yeah and uh i think completely caught guaido off guard because he hit it so early Oh no! They, they um, none of them were expecting him to shoot. They thought there was one more touch. There was one more touch. They at did least. not expect yeah. when he made the cut. I mean, what uh, was it? Um, Milivojevic that was sliding back. Yeah, uh, I think he slid like way too late. Oh yeah, like wasn't even close to where he was going to be. He was and far away from him as well, because I think he was expecting another touch inside. Yep. Um, and then uh, Calvert Lewin's goal was Richarlison on the header from the corner. That hit the pipe. It was kind of a looping header, hit the pipe, and Calvert Lewin just found himself by himself. Right. <laughs> and hell, he should have had another one. He missed yeah, one right at the end. He missed the sitter towards the end. Yeah. Um, they're, they're finding ways to score, they're, they're making the right adjustments throughout a game. But you, like you said, Pickford, Pickford, you can't get past that. It was that a is... fairly tame shot as well. <laughs> Now, now, in that m- moment, th- that time of pressure after the goal, the first goal, yeah, after yeah. after Benteke's goal, where where they where Palace really put the screws on, um, then what ended up happening, um, Pickford ended up making a brilliant fucking save yeah, right so off the it, line. So it was Bernard. Nothing else. The rest of the half. Yep. Benteke scored pretty early. Awesome Pickford bullshit. Yep. Then Richarlison's. Uh, counterattack. Then next time down, Benteke. There's a I can't remember who it was that crossed it into. I think it was Zaha, maybe crossed it in. Yeah. And Benteke with a great header had it instead of it being straight, had it been six inches to the right. Had he glanced it at all, would have been the back of the net. Right. But Pickford got over well, made himself big, and it just kind of hit off his chest. Yep. And was able for uh, one of his defenders to clear. Yeah. Um. Before that save, uh, the last five chances Pickford had seen had all been goals. Right. So that's that's concerning. Oh, yeah. Very concerning. And we talked about this one when I was out of town when I called in. Just, uh, I'm not 100% sold on him. And I if think somebody, he could if lose somebody, his England job. Uh, he could. Um, I think it would be to Pope. And Nick Pope, he, uh, say Nick yeah. Pope's playing very well, and Aaron Ramsdale's playing very yeah. well for Bournemouth. Yeah, Ramsdale. He's uh, been hung out to dry a lot. Yeah, but, but he's I, made some big, big saves. But I also don't think right before the Euros they're going to throw Ramsdale in the no, net. No, I don't think it, they will either. It'll be Pickford, but if Pickford fucks up on the big stage in the group stages of Europe, of Europe, it, it, they'll go to Pope real fucking fast because yeah. Pope will at least make the saves. The right. The other thing that Pickford's in there, excuse me, in there for though is. Uh, his distribution. He does have fantastic distribution. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about Palace, but I figured the best way to talk about Palace is to uh, call our boy Brad and uh, ask him a few questions. 
We're going to still do more on the game afterwards. Yeah, I would say, while that's ringing, though, Guaida made a fantastic save off of Gilfie. Both of them did. Getting the, the claw up to it. Hey, Brad, you there? Hey. What's, yeah. What's going on, brother? Nothing good. Oh, no, 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 no. For your team right now, absolutely nothing good. Brad, how's it going, buddy? Nemesis number two. Hey, how are you? You doing well? Yeah. Good yeah, to hear from well. you, man. You too, buddy. So let's let's we're not going to get too much into the game. I'd rather kind of talk about state of palace as a whole. Um, cool. So the start of the season leading up basically until the, until the end of the December, the month of December, I, I got to imagine you as a fan was, was happy as hell, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we were doing well, but look, we didn't do anything in the summer. Right. Right. And so, yeah, we were playing well, and it's because it's because of Roy. I mean, he just you give him a bunch of people that can go out there and run, and he tells them what to do, and they'll do it. Um, but we didn't even have a full roster when the season started, and he's while he can work some miracles, he's rigid as hell. So he's going to find the eleven guys that will put in a shift and use them over and over and over again until they drop. And we all knew they would start dropping and they did. So, you know, he's, he's been a, a manager in pro football across Europe for 40 years. And two years ago, he said, this is the worst injury crisis I've ever seen. And now he's saying it again. So it can't, we can't be shocked about it, but when you get to December and you're playing those festive fixtures and you're, started the season with not enough players and now you're you've got nine, 10, 11 guys hurt and you're a, a team like palace, a club like palace with the budget that we have. What do you think should happen? Uh, true. True. Now um, that the other thing that leads me into the next thought process about the lineup and you've kind of hit the nail on the head already talking about the injuries and everything um, fielded the oldest team to uh, ever yeah. play in a Premier League match this uh, past uh, Saturday? That's got to be a touch concerning as a uh, as a supporter of the team. Well, it, it, it beat the record set by the Palace lineup the week before because oh, they were Jesus. all one week earlier. <laughs> uh, one week older. They were all a week older than they were. You know what was really scary about it? Guess who the youngest player was in that lineup? Was it Wilfred, I think, at 26, right? It was Wilf Zaha, yeah. And at twenty, that's our youngster. Yeah, twenty six. That's kind of considered prime of a player's career. And your youngster that wants to leave. That's been what that everybody's thought was going to be gone for two years now. Yeah, well, yeah. So, I mean, that's it's. I, I mean, I think it's partially down to you guys, um, being. I I don't want to say stingy because you're supposed to be. That sounds derogatory, but yeah. I don't mean it that way. You want every penny you can get for him because you're going to need to offer something to replace him, right? And right. as you should. I'm not trying to be rude about that for once. Um, well, obviously, when we get that money, we're going to do great stuff with it like we did with the uh, Juan Basaka. Oh, yeah, so much good stuff with that Juan Basaka <laughs> exactly. money. brought in Shank Tosun for, <laughs> come on, man, let's have some respect. <laughs> no, let us well, remember, yeah, I mean, that's a loan. <laughs> look, there's a, yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a lot of teams that do that, right? And you want to get everything out of it. But you also have to remember a lot of teams do that with, with players that they've only had for two years or whatever. You know, we've, we'll spend 
he came up to our academy. He loves Palace too. He wants to go. He wants to see what he can do at a bigger club, but he's not, you know, he's not tortured there. The only reason he's unhappy right now is because whether it's, it's the, the American owners or because they want to build the academy and the, and the new stand, whatever's happening, they're not spending on, on the, they're not going out and spending money to get the players on the field, which is extremely disappointing because they were close. You know, if you look at the calendar year of 2019, they had the fourth most points of any team in the premier league, which is stunning. If you look at who they had and what they were doing, you wouldn't think anything like that. No, but they were that close. So if you have Daha and you just need to add one more piece, maybe two, and push for this second half of this season. It's fine. You didn't do it in the summer. Pick somebody up. Pick up two guys. When you know, when we go into this window, we were in seventh place, eighth place. We're right there. You got a shot, right? And if you don't do anything, you know Zaha's going to be gone this summer. If you want him around, put a little bit in. Show him a little ambition, and maybe you get to keep the guy. He's your best player ever. He's your fan's favorite player ever. You're not going to get what you could have gotten for him a year or two ago. Oh, no. We now, know that. Now now his no, price tag goes down. His yeah, price tag definitely I, goes down. I, honestly, I'd probably put him somewhere between 40 and 60, where you easily could have gotten 80 for him. Yeah, right. Yep. So now, now your best bet is to get some money and a player, some money and a player or two, which in a way is better for us because Manchester United gets some of the money we get anyway. They have a they have a sell on clause. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, there's a chance maybe Chelsea loves dealing with us. He wants to stay in London. Maybe you get somebody like Batshuayi in a deal, which is great, but. He was great Not for bad. us because he was with Zaha. I say he well, true, right? Who's going to give him the service at that point? He's not one that goes exactly. and creates on his own. Exactly. So, um, uh, another thought here. Um, looking at the team now, granted we've we've established older squad. Um, yep. Why can't you score? And I don't just want the excuse to be because we don't have a striker. Because you look mm-hmm. on the wings, you have Jordan Ayu and you have Wilfred Saha. And, and you have two exceptionally talented, very capable wingers that most teams in the in the Premier League, I mean, minus obviously the huge clubs, would love to have those two as their wingers. Sure. But at the at the start of the season as well, Jordan Ayu was playing through the middle. That's right. And yeah. playing well through the middle. Yep. But then, again, injuries. He was forced out wide to fill a slot because they had Benteke. Because they had, you know, other players that could step in. Connor Wickham, they got on loan back uh, from Sheffield Wednesday, who they sold him to. Well, don't worry. Jordan Pickford, I mean, Christian Benteke finally broke his duck, so he'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have you have Andrews Townsend out, too. So now... You and have that's huge. That's what forced Ayu back out on the wing. Yeah, exactly. And then you have, so now you have, you bring in Tosin as a striker. Like, I mean, Everton didn't even want him as a striker. And <laughs> and then he gets hurt. Yeah. Right. So 
you know we need strikers. We well, all know he, that, right? Hey, and so soon, we come into this window saying, okay, we need we need two things. We need a right back because we sold Wambasaka and we still haven't done a thing with those funds. And we came into the season with one right back on the roster. And we need a striker because we can't score goals. Um, ben Chucky's been hurt most of the year. Um, we come out of the window with fewer players on our roster than we went into the window with, including loaning out one of our strikers. It makes no sense. Yeah. Now, um, f- the last thing I kind of want to touch point on is now, unfortunately, you've you've plummeted down the table. This has not been the end of the holidays, and then January has just not been good to you guys lately. A yeah. lot of lot of draws, which is fine. That we we haven't won in this decade. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, your next four games have you hosting Newcastle um, yeah. at your non-rivals Brighton, um, <laughs> at home with Watford, and then off to Bournemouth. I think we're going to know exactly what kind of team you are by the end of those four games. Will you be in a relegation fight or will you have figured out your way to kind of do your comfortable 11th place that you like to do? Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. Or, or as, as I said to you the other day, we'll do our typical palace and we'll lose three of those and then beat Liverpool. So, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. If we're going to, if we're going to, feel any bit of safety if we're not going to be nervous throughout the spring we're going to have to do something in those four games right especially because there's two of those are six pointers right you got to keep you got to keep two of those teams down there oh absolutely Um, the the one thing you have going for you in my opinion at least looking at the at the table currently You've got West Ham on 24 points, Watford on 24 points, and then Norwich on 18 points. You're sitting in 14th on 30. So, obviously, you're there or thereabouts. Uh, That being said, we're in 10th on 31, uh, my my boys. But Game in hand. I know for sure that West Ham, Watford, and Norwich are worse than Arsenal. So, effectively, I'm safe. Right. I still believe that those three clubs in particular – are still worse than you. So you could very much pull a Brighton and Brighton do a Brighton from last season as well, where it's not necessarily down to you. It's up to those three clubs to drag themselves out of it. And if you two give them every opportunity, it's can they get over the line? And I don't see it. I don't see it from any of those three teams. and, and, And I especially don't see it from those bottom two. And then look at who West Ham still has to play. Look at their oh, next yeah. exactly five games. Th- their roster their their uh, schedule. I'm sorry is is horrendous. Oh, for the it's next brutal. five, it's really bad. So, uh, just uh, then, final question: Do you think you figure it out? Do you figure? Do you think you stay up? Um, not mutually exclusive. I am not sure we figure it out, but I do think we stay up. I'm. I I think that I think we'll play a little better yeah i mean we're starting to get people back um i'm concerned that townsend is back and he's been training and didn't play at all this weekend i didn't understand that um but i do think that out of these next four i mean we haven't won since boxing day we're going to win something in that stretch uh, it, guaita is going to steal a game at some point 
he's too good not to do that. Um, yeah, but isn't he also good enough to walk a ball into the back of the net as well? So he's been here for two and a half years. That was his first mistake that led to a goal. If you look at the um, goal keep, keeping statistics, he's far and away uh, been the keeper that has been the most valuable. I was going to say, mine's, done, mine, mine's given it away like five, six times. Where he's got those little teeny tiny hands. <laughs> those little T-Rex arms. Yeah. Yeah, a little trumpet. So, I, mean, I mean he let he let Benteki score from open play. Come on. <laughs> that that, I was I was With gonna say feet. I also I misspoke earlier. Uh Connor Wickham went on loan from you to Sheffield. From Bansley. Palace too. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, Again. But Again. but uh Shank Tosun and Christian Benteke for Palace have the same amount of goals in the last nineteen games. Fabulous. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can you can go more than nineteen games. Uh, I don't think he. When did he score last year? No, uh, he did score one, I think. But in the last, I think he scored one towards the end of last season. But in yeah. his, in the last three years at Palace or whatever it's been, two and a half, three years, whatever it was, uh, Christian Benteke has had single digit goals. Ugh. Yeah, it's and he had seventeen the first year. Yeah, it's it's not obviously a great return. <laughs> Um, yeah, but now that he has broken that duck and it was from open play it's all this over. time, do you think it's uh floodgates? It's floodgates. He's going back to 2000. He's going to be like at Aston Villa. His Villa days when he was the scoring machine. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, no, not at all. You going? To, um, did you go to church Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Pray for that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. He he might get two more this year. How about that? There you go. There's That's something. All right. Realistic. I like that. Realistic expectations. All right. All right, Brad. We're going to let you go. Um, definitely, right, we need to uh, figure out a time where uh, I can uh, make it out to Virginia and catch a game with uh, you and the D.C. Uh, supporters, okay? Sounds good. If I'm invited to this little love fest, I'd love to come too, but. You're in. You're in. You'll like it. There's lots of Arsenal's. Uh, supporters sitting across the bar. So, oh, awesome! I'll go sit with them. We'll let we'll let him. We'll let him go over there, <laughs> and then they'll all sit there and go me 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 me. Everybody wins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk to you soon, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, right, buddy. Up the palace. Right. Always nice to hear from him. Exactly. Well, I figured you know we're only talking three games this week, and you know we're going to go long on on my segment because for once I got lots of time to talk about my team. Um, and be careful. I figure, yeah, true. We have a humdinger at the end. <sighs> Very much so. Um, so let's we're both Palace and Everton are kind of in the same boat. The next four games is going to say a lot about them. Uh, for in, pa- in that respect, yes. But you all are on the up; they're on the slide, right? Well, and they're facing some teams towards the bottom half of the table, which is really going to determine where they finish well, up. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Um, our next four, as we are now right in the hunt of uh, not just Europe, but Chelsea's fallen behind, mm-hmm. and there's a shot at there's a shot at Champions League as well, which is just unthinkable considering where we were when we lost five to two to. Uh, to um, Liverpool in the in the first derby at Anfield back in December. Yeah. Um, our next four have us at Arsenal, Manchester United at home, at Chelsea, and then the derby at Goodison against Liverpool. Right. Um, and the, but remember this: the winter break. This is all f- what you just said is for week twenty-seven. Right. 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 Not yeah. next. So week. this this coming weekend is still twenty-six. Right. Just want to make sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, because if Chelsea if Chelsea um, wins their game, they would be you know instead of right now they're only two points ahead of Sheffield. If they win the game, they'll be five points ahead right, of Sheffield. Right, right, right. So still, and like Wolverhampton could win their game and jump in front of us, and Manchester could beat Chelsea and jump in front of us. So there's still moving parts. But the point is, is it's a lot closer than we thought it was. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing, I you know the reason I said that is you know how crazy it gets over the holiday season. Absolutely. And we can't keep shit straight. We don't know what we're doing, and we got twenty games to recap and this, that, the other. Yeah. Now it's the slow time, the real slow times. So now it's like we're drooling on it. Oh, we got time for that. Yeah, exactly. We got time for that. We got. <laughs> and then yeah. we just can't keep it straight anyway. So what do you what do you think? Do you think there's some results in those next four for um, uh, for Everton? I think we'll probably draw. Yeah, because we can't um, we can't beat you in your building at the Emirates. You do not have a good record. No, never do. Um, but we aren't good still necessarily. We are working harder though. I think we will match your intensity. The way we're starting but to counter with the way your defense that could be bad. That, that could now, be bad. What what is good is we did get some cover at center back with that uh, uh, Brazilian bloke coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, the younger Brazilian bloke, not David Luiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also got um. Uh, what's his name? Cedric uh, from Southampton, who's a decent player. Right. Uh, can play on the right or the left. We're obviously short on left backs at the moment. We're not talking about your team. Just tell me if you we, we think it's going to be a draw, right? Okay, let's move on to the next thing. So, anywho, you're going to get to talk about your team next week, jackass. We're talking about my team. You know you're what? You're not hijacking it. Injury time is going to be real long tonight. Cool, that's fine. I'm going to go so, player by player for that game. So, Man U, so Man U at Goodison, I think, could be a win, right? Uh, Chelsea at the bridge is going to be tough, but but we also beat Chelsea. Play what? Is that the one we're there for? That w- yeah, that's the one we're there oi for. Oi oi. Yep. And then and then the 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 derby is the derby. Throw it all out the window. It could be one one. It could be zero zero. It could be eight nothing Liverpool. You never know. You never with the know. Derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it could be. It could be. Everton hands Liverpool their one and only defeat of the season. I mean, the, you don't know with the derby. Well, but let's be realistic for a second. Uh, Liverpool's going to trot the kids out just to rub salt in the wounds and win the Premier League with an average age of 16 and a half. <laughs> just to be pricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Klo- and then Klopp's going to try to run out in the middle of the field. And no, he will run off. out in the middle of the field. Yeah. yeah. And jack off. He'll uh, do both. All right. So 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 then that being said, we you know, we're going to learn a lot from Everton in these yes, next, we will. These no, next we, four. On a serious note, we absolutely will. Yeah. Yes. Um and it doesn't mean necessarily that Everton's bad. It's just we just know if they're if this if what Ancelotti with what Ancelotti has to work with, can he get them to Europe? The prospect at the start of the season with Silva with the tools that we had was this team should be competing for Europe. Right. So and you really didn't bring in anyone in January for real. No. Not of any note at no, least. Not at all. And no one that's been playing. Right. Uh, at the at the very least. And um and we're getting healthier. You're getting healthier, right? So it's almost like having new signings, to uh, be honest. Andres Gomez is slated to be ready to play against Arsenal. You better be careful. Yeah. Got Torreira in there. Yeah. On a lot of rest. Yeah. He's going to yeah. have a lot of energy. Right. <laughs> yeah, but Torreira will <laughs> hey, just... Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. Ha. Yeah. Torreira will just foul him cleanly, as opposed to Son, where he'll chase him down the field like, like a pissed-off ex-scorned lover to try to crack his legs. You truly missed an opportunity to compare two Uruguayans. I know. But that's I fine. did. <laughs> Let it be. <laughs> Let it be. <laughs> I mean, we can't... I mean, I understand. It's rare to go around biting I, people. We want to call them all teething racists, but we don't know that <laughs> as a fact, so we're going to leave it there. We do about one of them. Finally, big thing to note is uh, Goodison is the gift that keeps on giving. Last year, we had the Black Goodison cat. We had the trash talking ball boy that uh, gave uh, Klopp a bunch of crap. 
Big Dunks Hugapalooza with <laughs> the Chelsea that game. That started the trend of oh, it's so fabulous. Inappropriately right? hugging ball boys. <laughs> and now we have the most adorable pitch invader ever. A little, I mean, could be no older than six years old, maybe five, six years old, right at the end of the game, pops in the corner of the field, grabs him by his arms, lifts him right up over top of the barrier, puts his feet on the ground, and that little kid was off to the races. Out ran the stewards. You watch the video. He outruns the stewards. Beeline right towards Dominic Calvin Lewin. Calvin Lewin just looks down. Little tiny kid in front of him. He's like, okay. Takes off his shirt, hands it to him. The stewards, I mean, should be like, you know, taking this felon and cuffing him up and throwing this him in felon. the... Yeah. Oh, my God. No, no, they just take him by the hand and they walk him back to his dad. Good. The only way you are ever going to get away with a pitch invasion. Let, ever. You know what? Here's... here's I have a, a little anecdote to that. <laughs> um, my daughter made her school basketball team. Yep. The first game, they can only dress 12, but there's 15 on the squad. She's only been at one practice that week. She was sick uh, a couple days for school, so she didn't go to school, didn't go to practice, didn't get picked for the game. Fine. She was better, though, the day the game was played, and you remember this fucking team. We're going to the game. So I rearranged my day, got off work early, took her to the game. We sat on the side and watched her team. Fucking kids got shut out in basketball. Shut out. 33-0. Here's the problem. Where those stewards were lovely human beings seeing this five, six year old and saying, Hey, well done. You got your shirt. Let's let's go back to your dad. Not taking names, not taking anything, probably knowing the father willingly put his child unsupervised yep. to run onto the pitch. <laughs> Mel Mel, Ign- I know this story and the payoff's fabulous. Ignoring all of that, right? And just here you go, lad. Well done. You got yourself a souvenir. You'll remember forever. <sighs> There was about eight seconds left in the game. Uh, kid on our team takes a shot, gets fouled. Yeah? At this point, it is 33 to fucking nothing mm-hmm. in basketball. <laughs> uh, very clear lane violation on the second free throw. First one did not go in either. Mm-hmm. Very clear lane violation on the uh, second free throw. So, sure, by the rules... It's a lane violation. It's a lane violation. Ball hits the rim falls to one of our kids who's the only one in the lane because he was there two seconds ago. Right. (laughs) Grabs the ball, clock starts, takes an age to shoot, but shoots, scores. Buzzer beater. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Ref emphatically waves it off. What a cunt. (laughs) What a huge dick. No, small dick. What a small dick, referee. (laughs) Too fucking funny. (laughs) Rules are the rules. No, fuck you, mate. (laughs) It's... there's no goal differential in basketball, right? There's no point difference. It it's not a tiebreaker. Let the kid have his two points. What's a 31-point win versus a 33-point win? This dude's running down the court, blowing his whistle, waving like doing fucking jazz hands. Fuck you. Wow, Graham. I really did pull a you and make it all about me in that last segment. We went long. So uh, now I know what you go through on a regular basis. Oh, so, well, and don't give a shit. Heard. Thanks. Um, so in the other two matches, the uh, the bottom of the league could have seen some changes, but saw none whatsoever. Brighton one, Watford one, Sheffield two, Bournemouth one. Um, Watford give away another three points after having a lead. <sighs> That's three in a row. They drop another two points. You're right. That's. <coughs> And an own goal at that. I mean, I was, I was gonna say you figure out a way to do it in nightmarish fashion at that. For for him, um, 
the defense has to talk to him. Somebody has to let him know he has no pressure, right? You assume somebody's going to be running onto that back stick. You assume the guy that crossed the ball is yeah. crossing it to somebody. Yeah, we were we were watching the game, and Mel says to me, she goes, how does he just kick it into his own net? And I'm like, well, because he assumes there's someone behind him that will put it in the net. Now, let's get the correct co- quote. Wow, that was a terrific goal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, that being said, he should never have attacked it with his left foot at all. His body shape was all wrong. Yeah, you go with the right. You, you go, go with, with the, the foot right. that's sweeping and it away. He's, he's a right back. Yeah. He should be more adept with his right foot. Right. Uh, it just uh, And just continue it on or put it out for a corner, what have you. He went at it with his left, which kept it uh, kept it on target. And it's it really is just a shame um, for him. Now I wrote um, his name down. I can't fucking find it. Now the uh, the other thing here too is is for Watford. Here was your opportunity to get some distance. Here was your opportunity to get yourself clear. These were all three games that could have helped you. Yes, go ahead. It's Mariapa. Mariapa. That was good. a defender. <laughs> well done. Yeah. There you find go. It. Sorry. You found it. Now I you inserted it. You like how I was pausing there for you? I yeah. Now I'm back. So, but <laughs> there was those three games to go ahead and get it. Well, fuck you. Your next two are United and Liverpool. You fucked it up. Yep, there was your chance. Now, you know what? There was your chance. You 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 got yourself out of the zone, uh-huh. and you let yourself slide right back in with three leads. Three games in a row, three leads. One of them was a two-goal fucking lead in the first half that you gave up in the first fucking half. Yeah. We talking about you again? Uh, no, just talking uh, about Watford and how they did it. <laughs> but I just... I think a lot of this has to do with the match of the day interview. Oh. Where legend has it that Nigel Pearson was trekking through Latvia, I think it was, in Transylvania. Transylvania. Uh, which I think is in Latvia. I might be wrong about that. Stared down a pack of wild wolves. Yeah, and fought off like one or two of them. Yeah, of course he did. Kind of thing. Ripped yeah. out one of their hearts, didn't he? Uh, something like that. And, <laughs> and grilled it himself over a fire on a stick. <laughs> yes. and uh, Or just the heat of his manlyhood. He held out his hand and the piece of meat <laughs> began to roast on its own. Nah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, Nigel Pearson seems like the guy that you would give a Q-tip and a pocket knife to and he'd build you a fucking mall if you put him in the woods for two months. Bear Grylls wishes he was At, <laughs> Wishes Pearson. he was Nigel Pearson. Well, not after this interview. And it seems like now we know why the steel has fallen out of Watford's ass. Because it wasn't wolves, it was dogs. And he ran like hell. Yep. <laughs> Did he, not fight a single one yep, of them all. Said he was terrified. <laughs> yeah. All while wearing a turtleneck and glasses. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, very non-threatening. Almost looked like a librarian uh, or high school science teacher. <laughs> and no disrespect to either of those professions. Um, but you don't think of those people as being quite hard. Right. Uh, and dispelled the rumors that it was a pack of wolves. It was five or six dogs. Didn't fight. He ran. It was sheep dogs at that. It wasn't right. even like wild dogs. It was like dogs that herd a sheep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and now Watford find themselves with no spine. Yeah. And Coincidence? I think not. And the next two, they could find themselves flat out fucked, depending Absolutely. on what other teams do. 100%. They really can. They could. You, you could see... 20th and then suddenly 19th wrapped up real fucking quick in the next two weeks. Yep. You know? Tune in to Injury <laughs> Time on our Patreon uh, for the next joke that involves dogs, peanut butter, and uh, Watt for getting fucked. <laughs>
Uh, I don't even know it. I'm interested to see where your brain's going, and I'm going to hold you to that. Um, a little bit about uh, Brighton. Um, Glenn Murray gets the start. Uh, I like where when Graham Potter was asked about it, he was like, look, I." he goes, I've got a veteran player who I know only has so much legs. I'm going to use him when he is of the most important to me. Now he's and proven. I mean, he played yeah. very well last season. Yeah, and and you know, while well, he's played well for them for a career, I mean, he's what a uh, uh, hundred goals for them over his career. Like like, that, yeah. It's like Close I mean, he's that, yeah. he's he's their striking legend essentially. Yeah, no, for sure. But and stayed with them for a number of years. But like Maupai hasn't been scoring. What do you do? You put him on the bench. You let him think about it a little bit. You got a great Wiley presence that can get out there and get it done for you. And uh, um. Now the the one concerning fact for Brighton is is they are at precisely one point less than they were last year right now, and last year's team was that steely reserve defensive and stayed side. up by a point or two maybe. Yeah, that's not good. Um, yeah, so that's that's got to be a bit unnerving. I mean, but to to be fair to them, honestly, to be fair, <laughs> Ezekiel uh, Scalotto should have had a penalty. I think. I agree. I agree. That was definitely a penalty. I've seen them this season with VAR given for less than that. Um, Brighton is the luckiest team with VAR this season, so maybe they deserved a little comeback to her. A little karma, huh? Yeah. Because, yeah, the tech, the, I remember this. I forget the stats that they did, but that's what they found. That the, it, Honestly, it was probably a Liverpool supporter that wanted to make sure that everybody knew that it wasn't <laughs> Liverpool that was the uh, was the luckiest team. No, no, there's one. There's one. Brighton has, has better, better off Brighton's than we better. do. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for, for both these teams, Brighton, great. You get a point. We kind of talked about it the other day. Like, Brighton needed to get a win. They didn't get a win. You drop your vape. Go ahead. Keep on going. Go ahead and get that vape there, killer. I Thanks, know you buddy. need your nicotine. Um, I mean, I drop my phone. He drops his vape. We are having a great time. I might not have to have some more alcohol. Heard. I'm gearing up for something in particular, though. Uh, got it. So um, for for uh, Brighton, they really needed to get a win, but at least it's a point. At some point, they got to get a fucking win for this calendar year, which they yes, still, still have not have, done. Yeah. Um, I do want a quick mention before we move on, and I know we need to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, Decore's goal, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, great goal. Um, almost a carbon copy of Richarlison's. Yeah. Except uh, when he cut inside, the ball bobbled a little bit, and he ended up on his laces instead of his instep and rifling it, oh, uh, it was into a that rocket. far side. Yeah. It was a so rocket. It was almost the exact same goal, except Decore's was a bit more emphatic. Yep. Uh and that and and that was it. Um and then Watford scored on themselves, which seems to be a running theme this season. Oh, absolutely. Which I, I just don't get. Just figuring out a way to just fucking bottle it. I yeah. mean three in a row and they figure out a way to bottle all it's, three of them. It's not good. And Will Hughes looks like Casper. <laughs> he the is. literally whitest human being I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I think his hair is white. I think he he is white. Move over, but. Pete Buttigieg. You are no longer <laughs> the whitest person on the planet. Matt Hughes is. Yeah, oh. it's terrible. Um, so moving on to the next one, Blades and Cherries, really crazy start to it, wasn't it? Both both teams really chasing after the ball, really fast, wild start. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It, it this should have been a six point at the beginning of the season. I would have told you this was going to be a six pointer, um, and it was played like one to be honest. Yeah, uh, Bournemouth aren't creating enough chances. I'm really starting to worry for them. They had two shots on target. Right, that was it. Yeah, exactly. Um. 
Now, both of them were good chances. Obviously, the goal from Callum Wilson to open it up. And then Ryan Frazier later on, which Dean Henderson was well equal to. Yep. Um, fantastic save from him. Um, but Bournemouth just aren't doing it for me. Sheffield United settled into the game. They remained organized. They remained steadfast. And again, not another shot on target until Ryan Frazier's chance later on. Uh, it was John Egan uh, of Sheffield uh, that began the fracas. Fracas. Right. Ruckus. Ruckus. I think I put two things together. I think fracas is a word and ruckus is a word. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a fr- well. It was a fracas because it involved Dean, uh, uh, yes. uh, 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 Chris Wilder. Just make shit up. It's never stopped me before. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, Dan Gosling goes down uh, after a bit of a touch from John Egan. I didn't think it, there was really much in it. I was right. fine with the referee letting it go. Ball ends up going out of play by the Sheffield bench. Right. <laughs> um, Andrew Sermon. Yep. Apparently, Chris Wilder was trying to preach a sermon to Sermon as he was walking over. And uh, Sermon took exception to it, gave him a little push. Dean Wilder pushed him back like he's squaring up with him at the pub. (laughs) 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 To which assistant coaches, the fourth official, security from the tunnel, and every Sheffield player on the pitch running over to get involved and pull Sermon away. Um, I felt bad for uh, Diego Rico, who looked to be trying to calm things down. He actually pulled Sermon back and pushed him off and had his hands up. Right. Not to push Wilder, but just in front of him. And he got yanked back hard by somebody. And then sees yellow. F- didn't he? And Rico then, no, saw- Sir, no, Sermon was the only one that saw yellow. Okay. Sermon, well, Wilder saw yellow as well. Right, of course. Um, but yeah, and <laughs> so Wilder uh, was also held back. It's still going nuts. <laughs> Still right. reaching over, trying to get to people, and his assistant coaches, the security, and his players ended up holding him back. But I thought that was fucking brilliant. It was, it um, was, it was the liveliest part of the match. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. It was fantastic. Uh, good for Billy Sharp to score again. Yep. After being dropped, and uh, Lundstrom, John Lundstrom, uh, came off the bench. Former Evertonian. Wonderful feat. He was given a pass at a very weird angle uh, uh, as he was running in on it. Wasn't exactly a cutback. It was almost a square ball from the edge of the six while he was running at pace. Um, took the touch well with his right foot and immediately struck with his left um, and caught the goalkeeper off uh, 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 off guard, I think. Yeah. Just struck it early and he wasn't prepared for it. So uh, we'll save this for another time. And late again. We'll, we'll save this discussion for another time uh, just because I want to kind of keep things rolling uh, here. But uh, Sheffield now finds themselves two points behind a Champions League spot. And the schedule is really, really favorable. So we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely need to talk about that soon. Okay? Yeah, for sure. All right, Sam. So I didn't expect us to go uh, forty-five minutes on um, three games, but we did. <laughs> when, when given lots of time, we were like, "Oh, how are we going to make this show? What are we going to do to fill it out?" And boy, did we find a way to fill it out. Yeah, about Everton. Yeah, makes me feel very good to do that yeah, for the once. Pro Everton agenda was a correct. Half hour. So Finally. much. God, where's Alan? Email in. Say something. <laughs> for fuck's sake. I wanted to do something a little, uh, a little fun here. Um, while dicking around on Twitter over the weekend, I found this fabulous thread that I wanted to uh, read to you, um, describing the clubs in the Premier League as rooms in a house. Um, now nobody. This isn't somebody that follows us. It was just retweeted by someone that that uh, that we follow and that follows us. And I saw it, and I want to give uh, credit here. Uh, it is at 
FTBL Pulisic. So obviously a probably a Chelsea supporter, probably or American. A Christian Pulisic fan that <laughs> right. likes uh, Chelsea simply because he's there. The guy is simply known as Luke, but I wanted to make sure I gave credit to the right person. That's how he pronounces his name. Luke? <laughs> yeah. I, I do not know. If Should we ever have the opportunity to meet him? I'd love to uh, find out. Luke, I so. am your father. All right, so here we go. You're his father or father? Father. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, mother. Hello, father. All right, we got you. We want to get this segment done. <laughs> How does this show end up being a half an hour? I mean, an hour and a half? We start doing Camp Hiawatha songs. That's how that <laughs> fucking happens. Camp Hiawatha. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. The Premier League clubs as rooms in a house. This is done in alphabetical order. So we start with Arsenal, the library, a very quiet place full of old and useless books. Desperately needs to be cleaned and sorted out. No one wants to be there. Except when we want to fire a manager. <laughs> yeah. Then we're the loudest ground in the Premier League. Yep, exactly. Um, next up, Aston Villa. The staircase goes up, now going down. <laughs> Son of a bitch, it's accurate. <laughs> Bournemouth, the conservatory. Very Tory. For those who don't know, the conservatory <laughs> people are called Tories. in, uh, like So Republicans, essentially, in America. They're called Tories yeah. in... The opposite of Brighton, which is very, very yes. Labor Party, very liberal. Yes. So Bournemouth, the conservatory, very Tory, seemed to spend a lot of money on such useless things. <laughs> <coughs> Brighton. Now, Brighton is important to note. You need to remember Brighton because then there is a follow-up with that. Uh, the Garden engages with frequent scraps with the next-door neighbor. Rest of the street doesn't understand at all. Burnley, the utility room. A workman's room, proper English, washing machine, boring as fuck. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's see here. Chelsea, the kids' bedroom, needs somewhere to put the kids. Pleasant. Sadly, they get beat at home. Well, <laughs> a lot. A lot. You said. Yes, a they lot. get beat at home a lot. Now, what I'd say about this one is, wouldn't Chelsea be the main house? And the kids' bedroom be every other club in Europe, but mostly in Holland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you send the kids to the bedroom. Fabulous. <laughs> All right. So now the follow-up. Crystal Palace, the neighbor's garden. Too loud. Needed to go outside. Tries to start fights with next-door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That uh, Brad did that when he was in studio, I yep, think. Exactly. Yeah. I love I love it. It's because it's it's like your next door neighbor that you're the nemesis with, mm -hmm. and they could give a fuck about you, but like they're your nemesis, so yeah. they're like the worst ever. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Had an old man that used to mow one strip into my yard. I guarantee you he didn't even know he was fucking doing it. Would drive me nuts. I'd draw like zigzags on the side of his hill because <laughs> Fuck you, my yard, keep your lawnmower out of it. You know he's um, doing it just so you mow your lawn, right? Yeah, uh, pr pretty much. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so next up, Everton, the basement, always in the shadow of the bedroom. Dark as fuck, usually depressing. Turn on a light and it's a decent place. Leighton Baines lives here. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I would say that is 1,000% an accurate description of Everton. That's pretty funny. Uh, Leicester City. The wine cellar, Tory, ridiculously, ridiculously Tory. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Exciting oh, addition. addition. Yeah, we go. Ages like a fine wine, 
Johnny Evans <laughs> is the case in point. I, <laughs> this is not accurate for that one. I uh, don't think. No, I don't think so either because they're kind of a working man. The rest team. of them has been pretty spot yeah, on. But that, that one, one eh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be instead of the wine cellar? Wouldn't it be the bar? Because that's where the Red Bull and vodka is. Oh, that's where Jamie F. and Vardy would There's be. There's no bar in a wine cellar. You keep expensive shit in a wine cellar. I'd say Lester's more like the shed. I got to say, my uncle, bougie as fuck in his big ass house, uh-huh. and he ha- keeps all of his liquor <laughs> in the wine cellar. Really? Yeah. Huh. All right. So the add on to Everton, because Strange. Everton is in the basement directly below the bedroom, leads us into Liverpool, the bedroom where the magic happens. Exciting. Not much success recently. But the prestige is coming back. <laughs> Liverpool got the blue pills. <laughs> Heard the blue pills. Jurgen Klopp e- e- equals Viagra. Heard. Um, Man City, the secret room, very new. No one knew it was. Uh, no one knew it was here before some rich man stumbled into it. Although it has just been found out, and nothing special anymore. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Manchester United, the panic room. Terrified, in terminal, in turmoil, enough said. It also may be terminal as well. Yes, terminal. <laughs> as long as Ed Woodward's Man, there. If only I could read off a printed page, that would be good. Ed it? Woodward, the yeah. cancer of a football club. <laughs> Newcastle, the kitchen. A house isn't a house without a good kitchen. Essential, working class, legendary, good memories. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that roast we made 12 years ago before Mike Ashley came in here and started running the show? <laughs> started buking in fireplaces and cooking up never-ending bowls of pasta? <laughs> Fucking prick. Um, Norwich City, the games room. Just a bit of fun. Don't take it seriously. It'll be gone soon. Lots of people come in here and pick up easy wins. Fair enough. Manchester City didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... Sheffield United, the study, nonstop work, appreciated by everyone. Hard work pays off, proper working class. Very true. This one, this next one, bloody fucking brilliant. (laughs) All right. Southampton, the corridor, long, boring, just a straight path to the bedroom. (laughs) Because all the players from Southampton eventually end up in Liverpool and have success there. Uh, Tottenham, the garage. Easy access for Mourinho's bus. Not the most exciting club anymore. Been the same for years. Does the job. I would argue they don't do the job. <clears throat> yeah, because they never win. The, anything. All right, next one. Fucking anything. Heard anything. Watford, the mud room. Apparently, this is a room. <laughs> Not no, our stuff. No, no, hold on. Excuse me. Uh, listen, you've been in plays. Yeah. Okay? What you wrote here is apparently... This is a room? Very good. Sorry. Um, not arsed about it. Dirty. Needs to go. <laughs> Chris, Smokey, apologize in advance, but this is the most spot-on assessment <laughs> ever. <laughs> West Ham, the bathroom, full of shit. Sold their soul for a literal shithole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, boys. I, I I tend to think you'd agree with me right now in the current state of affairs. Um, yeah, I can't disagree. And finishing up with uh, Wolverhampton, pretty spot on as well. The living room. Lively. Good atmosphere. Great place to be. That's pretty much what they are right now, right? Yeah. 
pretty comfortable, right in the middle, doing their thing, pretty happy-go-lucky, huh? So I thought speaking they... of things right in the middle, uh oh, what do we got here? A que- <laughs> I have a question for you. Excuse, me. I'm so giddy with excitement. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> did you? We're not going to talk about it per se. We are going to talk about all of those FA Cup fixtures on our FA Cup preview show coming out in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, but in the Newcastle Rochdale replay, ting ting. Did you see? Uh, when uh, Saint Maximal scored the winner, mm-hmm. the camera pan to the away Newcastle fans. Uh huh. And uh, did you see the stand almost take off with the old dick copter? <laughs> <laughs> One of the <laughs> Newcastle fans got his wang out and started swinging it around like a helicopter. So clearly, you don't didn't catch the reference I did there. There's a comedian by the name of Joe Coy, and he talks about his son when his son was like two years old. Okay. And that he buys his son all these toys, and the only toy he's interested in, his dick. Yeah. And he runs around the house going, ting, ting. <laughs> daddy, 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 Ting, ting. <laughs> ting, ting. I think that, you may have I, showed I, me this before a long time ago the, on YouTube. As the guy comes running down for the video and starts swinging it around, I'm just sitting there in my head going, ting, ting, <laughs> ting, ting. I cannot for the life of me. Figure out why this was an acceptable celebration. I see taking your shirt off. <laughs> I see, di- you know, it it doesn't make the most sense, but it makes more sense than was whipping it, your fucking was it dick decorated? out. Decorated? Did it have like, no. a flag on the end? Uh-uh. No, just, just actually helicoptered I've, his dick. Just yeah, like, pulled just down the pants. Just pulled down the pants just enough for the dick to come out. Uh huh. Whoop 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 whoop. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> even see if like he shaved an arrow into it or anything. There was nothing. It was just whipping his dick around <laughs> there. <laughs> Ready for takeoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so funny. Captain Ting Ting. And the, honestly, the perfect way to cap off oh. Newcastle being in the fifth round of the FA Cup for the first time since Mike Ashley took over. <laughs> Producer Mel just caught the video as you heard her in the background with her mic off going, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. It just swinging it. Yeah. Um, just decided to run down the steps and just whip his fucking dick out. Also, as most of you know, uh, Big Sam and I will be traveling to the merry old country of England. Keep your pants on. I will not. We will not be keeping um, our pants on. At a place that does not matter to me with someone else's season ticket in hand, Don't I wear will a DU shirt. be pulling my dick out and helicoptering somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we will make sure that you all know what games we're attending so you can make sure that you watch them on television and see if you can see me run down the stairs with my wang out. In whatever section oh, I'm in. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, that covers it. I don't have much more I could say. There we go. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Uh, the chicken is back to 500. Pat's game wasn't even played, so we're just going to hold that bet over till they finally play the replay, and he'll hit or not hit. Um, That's he, a lot of admin. Yeah, I can keep <laughs> up with it. That one I can do. Um, you are back to losing ways. But Daddy hit big for six hundred dollars. Um, you're at negative fourteen eighty seven. You are now fourteen hundred dollars behind me, Sam. All right, that's fine. So, uh, what wackadoodle shit are you picking this week? Uh, oh, you gotta feed I... the couple losers. Yeah, first this time. Did does it does it say I'm worse than Sam? No, it says Watford. What the fuck? I had faith in you, and you let me down. Uh, so as I was doing my research for the bet, which is pretty much the only research I do for the show, was that if I had bet all six underdogs, 
just a straight win this right. weekend. Anyone with the highest, well, Wolves and Leicester both had a positive um, return, but uh, Leicester's was a higher of a positive return. So all six underdogs, just a straight win uh, in a parlay. A a win? Just a a straight win in a parlay would have netted me plus 1,938,968. Go ahead, put down a hunchy, go for it. As tempting as this is (laughs) to just win the season now, uh, I won't because it wouldn't be fun for all of you listeners. So instead, sorry, Mel, and as much as it pains me, uh, I will be picking a three-way parlay that includes Tottenham to win, Son to score anytime, and Arsenal to win at plus 390. Okay. 390. 390. I'll still put you over a G behind me. I got 13 games left, my friend. Yeah, you really think that's well, going to happen, huh? No, we still have, yeah, 13. Very good. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to uh, our boy. Ben Sam's uh, Lock of the Week. That's not me yet, our boy. I thought you said you are going to hold off until next week. Well, he still has a bet for this week. All right, well. He's then. a degenerate. He was probably betting the XFL <laughs> this fucking weekend. <laughs> well, then here we go. And now. It's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Do not edit any of that out. Did <laughs> <laughs> you see me write anything down? Nope. Uh, well, I did not win, lose, or draw last week because the match getting postponed. So uh, this weekend, thank God, uh, we have what I think Sam has referred to, and I quote, maybe the best team of all time playing in the prime time slot on Saturday. Fuck yourself, Pat. Yes, that's right. Liverpool's playing dreadful Norwich City, or Notch City, as some of us like to call it. It won't be cheap. Liverpool is favored by a goal and a half at minus 125. So let's go big. I'm going to put down 250 to win 200. Have a great week, guys. Congrats on not having to do any Malort shots. That's only because your two teams didn't play. So that would be (laughs) Pats. Um, But you know what? What's really important to know, Sam? I'm back, baby. I'm fucking back. Daddy hit big. I am now only down $67. Are you going to play it again? Big Sam's Lock of the Week. All he did was hold his hands up, and then as it went through, wanked himself off. Every time. Every oh, time. 20% goodness. of the time, it works 100% <laughs> of the time. Are we back up to that? And 100% of the time... You all are going to disappoint me. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. I could risk a lot um, and guarantee like a win, say like what Pat's doing with Liverpool and just risk money. But I kind of want to go for something that's going to have a little bit more uh, ump to it. So I'm going to go with uh, a single goal scorer this week. I'm going to pick Jamie F. Vardy to score against Wolves at a plus 160, which would then put me up just a hair under $100, Sammy. Congratulations. It's better than you. Comma, potentially. Mm -hmm. What do you want from me? Uh, I just want you to acknowledge that I know how to pick games and you don't. You know what's funny? Uh Uh-huh. I should do an extra hundred on what I said before. (laughs) And then I just won't bet for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's true. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to hit it. But you know you're not going to hit it. There's no way in hell Norwich Norwich beats beats Liverpool. Exactly. Now, that was a pretty good segment. (laughs) But we give you more. We give you. Kitty the chicken. 
right. Well, Sam does his own little private dance party. Uh, what you know that Kitty was a touch annoyed to only be at 500 and wants to turn things around and get on a run. So this week, I gave her Arsenal hosting Newcastle. All right. Come on, you little bitch. Tell me what you got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kitty showed me a picture of her with Jay-Z and John Rotten Linden in the recording studio. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Got to hear what they were doing, though. Johnny Johnny Rotten Lydon, not Linden, by the way. Sam, do you know who that is? Johnny Rotten. I've heard him as Johnny Rotten. Give you you a hint. The guy at the game was wheeling it around. Sex Pistols. Oh. Get it? I do. Yeah, his dick. Yeah. Helicopter. Uh, So, uh, the three of them working on a passion project of the chant, what do you think of Tottenham? Shit. That's a pretty good chant. So, Kitty is going with the Gunners, siding with you for the win. What do you think of shit? What? What do you think of shit? I don't know. What? Tottenham? Yeah. Is that how it goes, really? Yeah. All right. You want to do it all together for me? Sure. What do you think of Tottenham? Shit. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. And Thank on you. That note, everyone remember to always gamble legally and responsibly. That's all right. Hey Tottenham, we ain't Tottenham. Hey Tottenham, we ain't Tottenham. Hey Tottenham, we ain't Tottenham. We are Tottenham. Hey Taz. That was the rest of it, by the way. I told her when I wrote that little bit that you were going to uh, totally go into the song. Yep. And that you would get it immediately. Do you know Even why? Even though you wouldn't get who the hell Johnny Rotten Lydon was. I, I did know that. Um, I just went top of mind. Told you I'm priming for something else. You'll find out in uh, my closing statement. All right. Cool. Well, uh, tell me what, what um, happened with you. We lost. Yeah, we did. Uh, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was. I was in goal again. Didn't go so well. No. You actually yanked me halfway through the second half. Yeah, I was trying a little to let more you, than halfway. I was trying to let you run. I was trying to give you a run on the field. Yeah, Chris, need- Chris looked at me and went, "Hey, I might as well go in the net for a while." I needed it. Yeah, it was ugly. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about that second goal. Which second goal? The one that was on your foot that suddenly wasn't on your foot, and that was suddenly in the back of the net. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was picking a pass, and from the feel. Of the ball on my foot. I think it would have been a good one. <laughs> if one of their strikers was not directly in front of me, sticking his foot out, that I carooned it off of into the back of the net. Oh, of my own net. You're not good enough to play for Watford. <laughs> it was pitiful. Goal- goalkeeping no so easy now, is it, no, their killer? No, sir, it's not. Come come a long way since you're, I can do this shit. You're just lucky they scored that one goal in the end of the first half. I'd throw pitch and shutouts left and right. I know what I'm doing. It was bad. Very bad. I had a very bad game. Yeah. But anyway, it, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Jake comes back this week. Already said huge. that he was in. That's going to be huge. It is. It's uh, it's tough, it, it, particularly in indoor when there's only six players on the pitch. When you don't have your goalie. It's oh, the hardest it's thing to be without. Hard. Yeah. It's the hardest thing to be without, for sure. I mean, you can throw in a guest keeper, but at the end of the day, that keeper doesn't know your team. He doesn't uh-uh. know your... It's just... And we don't know him. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, Jake, you know, 15 yards out, wants me to let a shot go in. Right. Because he'll you know, see it. Because he'll, he'll be able it. to see it. Right. Yeah. Where this guy might not. I didn't want people to 
do that. You know, yeah. my thing was like, they can't score if they can't shoot, fucking get in front of everything. Right. <laughs> and we didn't. All right. So uh, that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Um, we successfully went over an hour only talking about three games. Good job, Sam. We love the sound of our own voice, don't we? It's, are you talking to yourself? Yeah. We did 40 minutes on your fucking team. <laughs> yeah, we did. Felt good to finally do that, too. What a 3-1 win. Taste of your own medicine. Ugh. Pitiful. We, we talked to Brad, too, so give it up. Well, that's true. All right. Any parting words? Yes. Yes. Uh, Thursday show this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you will be delighted to hear uh, that I've been priming myself this entire show, if you couldn't tell by my looseness here towards the end, uh, that the transfer recap is coming up. Uh, our most listened to show of the last three uh, <laughs> uh, to two years. We've only been doing it two years. So year if and a half. So if you're, new, if you're new to the show, um, what we typically do with the transfer recap is um, Sam Graham gets good and proper pissed. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then... Um, Reads through the entire transfer window. The first time he did it, he did it from his phone, um, where he couldn't read it, couldn't see it, and it was nothing but <laughs> Czechoslovakian and Eastern European names that he completely massacred, while uh, myself and Chef Bentley sat here and just giggled. And I believe Chef Bentley, with his head against the mic, just went, he's still going. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. So um, we're going to go ahead and do uh, injury time next to give you more time to get primed up. And, uh, yeah, everybody will get the the gift that keeps on giving, Sam Graham's transfer report. Yeah. Um, one quick thing on Chef Bentley, because we haven't mentioned it yet. They've been open for now about two weeks. <laughs> if you are in the Bridgeport, Connecticut area, uh, make sure, or in the immediate area surrounding, provided you have a car, drive there. If yeah, you fair don't amount. have a car, a fucking Uber. Right, right. I'm familiar with Bridgeport. Surf versus Turf. Uh, his restaurant just opened up. Um, doing American cuisine. They've got a ton of seafood, a ton of uh, land food, surf versus turf. you got to pick which team you're on. Packing flavors daily. That's right. So you've got burgers, you've got chicken, you've got uh, crab legs, you've got everything. Everything you can want. One of the biggest things I'm excited to try uh, when I make my way up to Connecticut is their build-a-boil. So you could pick the ingredients you want in a seafood boil, and they'll boil it for you. Fun. Yeah. And then uh, they also have a surf and turf butter, So, which I assume, him being from down this way uh, for a lot of his life, he was born up that way, but he lived here a lot of his Means life. Old Bay. A ton of Old Bay in it, I imagine. And uh, taking the good people of Connecticut and showing proper Southern cooking. Speaking speaking of Old Bay, we're going to have to uh, find that new Old Bay hot sauce, too, that just came I know. out. That we needs have to be a part of my life. Ooh, my wife. I just showed my wife mumbo sauce. Oh, you Changed her life. Introduced her to the mumbo sauce. Uh-huh. Changed her life. That's a big DC thing, everybody. It's oh, kind yeah. of like a sweet and sour teriyaki kind of sauce with a kick. I don't know about teriyaki. Like, not teriyaki. A sweet and sour sauce. Like a like a barbecue meets yeah. sweet, sweet sauce. And sour, yeah. yeah, with with a and with a lot of spice it. to yeah, it. It's, it's awesome. Uh, just it's it's a great like you can't soul, beat mumbo honestly, sauce. it's like a soul food sauce, really. Yeah, it's probably the best way to describe it. And it's freaking rock star. Yeah, so if you're up there, surf versus turf in Bridgeport, Connecticut, check it out. Chef Bentley, that's our boy. Tell him we sent you, say hi. He's not going to give you a discount or anything, but just tell him we said hello because he doesn't answer his text because he works so much. Exactly. All right. Well, that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, next up is injury time, where we're going to preview the other six games from the quote unquote week 26, part A, part B. 
And uh, Sam, tell the good people where they could uh, get in touch. Oh, you need to fill up some more? Transfer recap after that. Get excited. All right. All right so how do people find us on Patreon? Uh, sure. www.patreon.com backslash do you football show. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Excellent. All right. Till next week, everybody. Good night. Not be keeping um, our pants on, Captain Ting Ting.